Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. That was the 6 p.m. nonstop news feed. This is the Mark Aram Show. We're going to have a fun two hours with you. Johnny Kilbasa will join us on National Burger Day. Just to let you know, it is uh, an eight on the Aram back sweat meter. It's too dang hot out there. But I want to start off with a story that I heard first this morning on Atlanta's Navy News. Welcome to the show, by the way. Hope everyone had a safe and relaxing Memorial Day. Good to see Chuck Longo and Deb Green. Um, I'll get it. I had a crazy weekend. Crazy bar mitzvah. I'll go in depth on that next hour. You're going to want to hear my bar mitzvah story. Uh, but there's a story this morning on Atlanta's Morning News that I heard about starving college kids. I think there's a stat, 50% of college kids, I forgot the exact phrase that the researchers used, are are food deprived or hunger. I, I don't know. Yeah, what so it, they're not starving. They're just hungry. Well, I don't know. Let's find out. Doing that story this morning on Atlanta's Evening News and joining us in studio, longtime friend of not only mine, but the show as well, Edgar Tragitz. What's up, T? Hello, Mark. How are you? Thanks for coming in on such short notice. Yeah. Made the, what, how many steps from the newsroom? 14 steps. Yeah, okay. Good. From your, yeah. uh, from your desk That's to right. the uh, Mark Aram Show studios. So, uh, again, I was, I was a little sleepy this morning, so I didn't get the full details of the story. But uh, the research says that college kids are, quote, starving. Is, is that what you're, what you're reporting? Yeah, so that term is food. They call it food insecurity. Food insecurity, okay. And so, like, like definition-wise, it would be, like, uh, little to uncertain access to food is how they define that. And so I guess this goes beyond the typical college student never has any money, you know, and maybe even they have a cafeteria card, you know, late at night, you want a pizza or something, you're up late studying, you have no money for that. And so kids are banding together to, you know, get some food late what, at night. What, but this is beyond that. Though. Yeah. This so is what like, goes from the normal hungry college kid to being food? What was the term? Food insecure. Food insecure. insecure. Like what's the difference between just being a hungry college kid and being f- food insecure? What's the differentiation? I think, I think the main difference in that article that that uh, the Times, New York Times, uh, did a, had an article on a study that Temple University did, like okay. 100 institutions. All these kids surveyed. About 45% are in this category. And, and I guess the, the main difference is for a lot of these kids, and maybe you're talking about community colleges more, state colleges more, mm-hmm. where the tuition and supplies, books, is where all their money is going to. And they don't have the traditional, I can go to the school cafeteria yeah. for my meals and that type of thing. And so they're figuring out the food part on their own. And what what are some of these college kids doing to to close that gap of of being hungry and get some get some food? Like they're going to uh they're using food stamps I'm hearing like Well, I mean in in there are a couple efforts I guess um online that are they're like trying to these these efforts nationally or which are trying to like pull together like cafeterias who would bring their extra food to mm-hmm. a certain central place and help them out that way. In the case of Kennesaw State, I talked to the director of the care services, which is a food pantry for those students. Wow, there's an actual pantry. Yeah, pantry. and and she said she said the problem right now across the nation is that it's a growing problem, she says. Mm-hmm. But there's not like a concerted effort like a like a good network. There's like a thousand school pantries sure. across the nation, she says, of which if you think about all the kids out there 
college. That's not really a lot. Yeah. But KSU has theirs. And so this one student I talked to, she's been getting help from the food pantry in her case. And she described, you know, situations of like literally going hungry for a couple of days. How how can I get by without passing out? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. And, and she studies like biology or something like that. Yeah. So like she's like really going for it in grad school, that type of thing. So these are kids, a lot of kids in this situation, more than you think. So 45% is the national number that survey had. That's a big number. Edgar. It is a big number. And I asked KSU, well, what about uh, you know your school? And, and their last survey, she said 43%, the director said, wow. of their students. So think about that. So a lot of the money for these kids, whatever their situation is that they're getting into school with, yeah. as far as their family situation and, and what parents can cover, whatever, Tuition and books, and for a lot of them, that's it. And then they figure it out after that with the food, and that's not easy, apparently. Edgar Trainis, uh, Trey gets joining us on the Mark Aram Show. Are there resources uh, that, that if there's a, a hungry college kid listening right now, uh, any advice that the experts uh, offer on, on how to get food in their belly to, to be less food-deprived? Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess first off, check with your own school to see if yeah. there's actually a food pantry because this student that talked to me, she said that a lot of her fellow students who were in the same situation, they didn't know about this. And so she had found out about it, told them. And so there are, for some schools, access. Or they can you can have people at schools give you other ideas on how to get that you are covered. A, you're a, a big uh, 10 graduate, Northwestern yeah. University. Go back to your days yesteryear. Do you, were you in that category of food-deprived? Did you ever no. want for uh, for a meal? No. I mean, I, I had I had the regular dorm life, you know, and yeah. had the— had the uh, you know covering cafeteria food and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So so in my case, no, I was I was you were never food deprived in that respect. Yeah, All but right. apparently, I, yeah, that number. You're right. That kind of stands out. That's a big number. Nearly I'm, half. Wow. I'm I'm dubious about that number. I'm going to talk to. Uh, I'm going to get inside that in just a second. Edgar, thanks as right. always, buddy. There you go. Edgar Trey gets early running for star of the show. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk. All right. So I'm I'm very dubious of this story because I was a food-deprived college kid, and most of my friends were food-deprived. Once you leave the dorms, because in the dorms you get the cafeteria, you get the meal plan, blah, blah, blah. But once you're out on your own, that's the normal way of life. Like, there were there were times where I didn't have a protein for a couple of weeks. You know, it was, it was noodles, it was white rice, it was whatever you do. And I remember having enough money, my roommate and I, Raven, Again with the nicknames, we okay. had we threw a party just to get food money, and we went to the the supermarket price chopper, and we bought um, five pounds of ground beef, and we just we just fried it in a pan and ate it because we had there was we had no <laughs> yeah. protein. Do you, you have any salt or pepper for it? Oh yeah, garlic oh, salt. Okay. Yeah, right. we seasoned it up. Sure but just... but that's how like our body was craving because we've been eating noodles and and carbs. just carbs and starches. So I have been there. And I saw that number, 43% of KSU, 45%. So I, I, I approached it like you, Chuck. Like, come on. Very... Like, we've all been there. Yeah. And the more I started thinking about it, and I think that number is inflated. I think there are people that are like we were in college. Yeah. You know, it's that's part of the, the, the growing up process, the ritual of, of colleges, um, not having enough money to eat. Like, all right, uh, McDonald's used to do the McDonald's on Route 9. On Sundays, we'd do 99 cent all-you-can-eat pancakes. We found deals like that. Again, no no protein. And they used to do the 59-cent hamburgers. Yes, those days. We would get as many as we could afford. Put them in the freezer. Exactly right. So, I mean, that that was part of the ritual. I don't know if you – you were a weird eater anyway, Deb. (laughs) I don't know if you had that issue. Our university had, like, the student union in certain places on campus all accepted your – 
card, so mm-hmm. you, you could do it outside of the dorms or whatever. So we were lucky in that sense. But I think you also look for friends who work in restaurants. Sure. And then they bring yeah. things home and you all kind of share. And But yeah, everybody's hungry in college. I, I worked, um, one of my food sources when I was working at the bowling alley, I would I would take chicken fingers home, you know, get some sort of protein. <laughs> and and so so the, I, I, was, I heard the story this morning. I was like, come on, 45%. Get the hell out of here. That's ridiculous. That's, that's college life. But that, and and I still feel like that number is big. Like I don't think half the students are. What was the term? Food. Food insecure. Food insecure. They may it just think sounds they like a are. made up yeah. term. They might think they are exactly. Right. It's, it's kind of a, a garbage term. But then I was thinking about it. What you know? I, I graduated college in 1996. I don't know when you guys went to school. You're a little younger than me. Um, but the co- and I had to pay for my own school my last two years. I was cut off. My parents were like your grades stink. You want to keep going? You got to pay. So I right. was completely out of pocket. I had to do everything: work, go to school full time, and, and and again, probably the best thing that ever happened to me. If that didn't happen, I don't think I have the career I have now because I didn't learn that the the stoic, Eskimo uh, <laughs> work ethic that I did back <laughs> in college. Um, but when I went to school, my college was twenty thousand dollars a year for tuition. Which was expensive. I yeah, mean, I was gonna say, that's, uh... but my same school now is $45,000 a year. So, so I, while I'm dubious about the 45% of people being food insecure, I also recognize, well, things are a lot more expensive now than they were yeah. in 1996. So I think there, I think there certainly are some kids out there that are, are food. I'm not going to say that. Food and food and that are hungry. I, I guarantee, hungry. I, and probably more so than you and I were when we were going to school. Like we would, we'd figure out a way. But there are, I think, there are kids out there that probably are legitimately hungry day in and day out. Like I always found a way to stuff my belly. Well, it was you know hanging. Well, that's out. what I was going to say. We figured out ingenuity. Ingenuity. Yeah. Are there is there a case to be made that some kids nowadays maybe wouldn't go, do what they, you and I? Yes, would? absolutely. I'm trying to be polite. No, here, you're but absolutely right. You know what I'm saying? It's survival like, of the fittest. Right. Only the fit survive. So when I was starving junior year, I'd be like, well, who's gonna have who's gonna have food? Well, girls always have food. Right. Let me go make friends with girls, and I'll just hang out. Oh, it's dinner time. Yeah, sure, I'll stay. What, what are you and having? I, and I'll tell you, the reason why girls like to have food over is because you know that guys will come over and eat. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Always, yes. Exactly right. Excellent. I'm going to tell you some of the ways, some uh, ingenious, creative ways that we had to survive. Because yeah. we were food insecure. <laughs> using it again. Your thoughts on this story. It's it's uh, an interesting story, to say the least. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Study by Temple University says 45% of college students are food insecure. Is that uh, malarkey? Are kids just coddled these days? Or do you think that's an actual issue in 2019? 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Jacob kicks us off in Covington. Jake, welcome to the show. Buddy, uh, I actually met you a few years ago at one of my buddy's wedding. Uh, super guy, man, on the air and off. I oh, appreciate um, it, Jacob. A couple of real quick points or questions, really. The astronomical amount of money that these colleges are charging nowadays, couldn't they have like a separate fund um, for food? I mean, and I agree. I don't know. Maybe they are coddled. 
a little more than we were. Um, and the second question I have, and I'll jump off the air and listen to you, about the abortions, is it safe to assume that everybody wants to leave Georgia because we won't allow them to kill babies? I have no idea what you're talking about on that story, but uh, I appreciate the call, Jacob. Uh, when I was in college, a group of my friends tried to get on food stamps. They tried to get, you know, food stamps when they were in school. Mm-hmm. And they, they, you have to be, if your parents still declare you as a dependent, right. you can't get food stamps. So that was a swing and a miss. Some of my lazier friends tried to do that. Sharon is in Marietta. Sharon, welcome to the show. Hey there. Hello, Sharon. Oh, yeah. I think being food deprived in college has been going on a long time. I graduated in 81, 81, and I lived on potato chip sandwiches and butter beans, <laughs> literally, for years. No lie. No lie. That's about it. So, hey, listen, that was in 81. I also remember even going back farther. My dad graduated. He was born in 22. He graduated from college, you know, maybe about 25 years after that. Anyway, I read a letter that he had written home to his mom and dad. This was way back when that he was just asking for some milk. Oh, my God. Please send milk. Yes, can you spare me any money so I can buy some Oh, milk? They, well, he wanted money for milk, not actual milk. Oh, that's going to be kind of bad by the yeah, time it gets there. Be, all right, so <laughs> she brings up an interesting point. What was your go-to cheap meal when you were starving in college? Is it a bigger issue now than it was when we were in school? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. This is The Mark Aram Show. Yo, what up, y'all? Shemaine Dupree, and you're listening to The Mark Aram Show. Yeah, y'all know what this is. Happy National Burger Day. Welcome back to the show. Johnny Kilbasa will join us talking burgers next hour. The story we're talking about now is the story you heard this morning on Atlanta's Morning News. Survey by Temple University says 45% of college students are food insecure. Again, I'm dubious about that number because I think everyone that went to college at some point was hungry. Is it worse now than it was because of the inflated inf- uh, tuition costs and housing? Everything's more expensive now. Is it tougher to fill your belly as a college student? 404-872-0750, wsb talk Edgar Tracy has told us that 43% of students at Kennesaw State University consider themselves food insecure. Uh, Dave joins us. He's a KSU professor, perhaps to shed some more, uh, shed some more light on the story. Dave, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Mark, long-time listener, first-time caller. Welcome aboard. Yada, yada, yada. Thank you. Uh, I'm a professor at KSU, and the thing is that the fees these students have to deal with is beyond what you and I dealt with going to college in the 90s, man. I mean, I had jobs that put myself through college. I flipped burgers. I worked the dorm kitchen. But the the amount of money I made then wouldn't have cut it, even if you adjust for inflation now. It doesn't surprise me these kids are facing that kind of a, a, a hurdle. What what fees in particular are they paying that we didn't have to pay back in the day? So they froze tuition for a long time, but the thing is that they kept raising the fees. So, for example, if a student has to enroll and just take one class, so they haven't even paid tuition yet, they're looking at about $1,000 in matriculation fee, student activity fee, student government fee, international whatever fee. Wow. I'm not kidding. The fees are ridiculous. That is that is pretty outrageous. What about when I was in school? I don't know about you, Deb, but what my biggest semester-to-semester expense that wasn't accounted for were textbooks. Are textbooks even a thing anymore, or is it everything online? They're bad. 
they're bad. They're up at about, you're looking at around anywhere between 800 to 1500 a semester. I've had students in my class ask me, look, do I even need to buy this because it's this or I eat? Yeah. And I think, come on, man, it's 10% of your grade. They're like, no, you don't understand. I'm looking at it like it's 10% of my grade worth 250 bucks to buy this online module or this yeah. textbook supplement. And I'm like, well, that's the decision you got to make. That's the decision you got to make. I would have thought by 2019, textbooks would be going away and everything would be online. Don't you share them? No, we they, they, shared them. they figured yeah. out a way to jack that price up. I, well, I got around that in college by not buying the textbooks and not going to class. So I, I was able to get, <laughs> I was able, there's a, there's a, a good One friend of mine. Sharice, we were in, uh, it was public relations class. I'll never forget. It was, it was me, Sharice, and Linda, two girls whose house I'd often crash to get fed. And I did not buy the, uh, the textbook, the PR uh, book. And like the week or the day before the final, I said, I said, hey, can I borrow one of your books so I can study for the final? And she was like, yeah, good luck. You know, here's my book, blah, blah, blah. And I took the final. I got a better grade than both of them. And to this day, she's still so mad at me. She's like, you didn't go to class. You didn't own the book. And you got... Yeah. So, so I, I just thought books would be gone. One of the ways, again, I did not do this, and kids listening don't do this. You remember book buyback? Yeah, they would give you a couple of bucks. So at the book. end of the semester, so you buy a, a textbook for $200, and then they'd have book buyback at the end of the semester, and you'd sell the book back to the company for like $15. Yeah, such a So the weeks leading up to book buyback, my buddy uh, John, <clears throat> I won't say his last name because this is probably not out of the statute of limitations, he would peruse the campus stealing textbooks because he knew in a couple weeks he could sell them and he would pay underclassmen hey i have ten dollars because he didn't want to go up with 500 books at book buyback he'd be like return these books for me i'll give you 10 bucks and that was his scam that's how he earned money was stealing books on book buyback <laughs> with the the um buying back books thing we used to have people would hang on to their books and then go scout the class out the next year oh and sell it to the them next semester and be like look you can get this new or used. It's still going to cost you two hundred some dollars. Yeah. I give it to you for hundred bucks if they're still using the same edition. And so I had a lot of friends that just kept them. And see, that's tried to that's the, the ingenuity I'm talking about. Yeah. That I don't know if kids today have. Yeah, I think that is part of the problem. I'm not discounting that there are probably starving college kids out there. I, I absolutely guarantee that. But is it made worse by the fact that this generation, and I'm talking in general generalities here. So if you're in this generation, I'm not talking about you, obviously. But is this generation so used to getting everything given to them, they don't have that killer instinct to go out, all right, how am I going to eat tonight? 404-872-0750. Jeff joins us in Austell. Jeff, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, man, how you doing? What's going on, brother? Well, you know, I, I guess I'm just an old guy. I'm fixing to retire, but I graduated in 76. And, you know, uh, we I survived. We uh, I worked in the cafeteria. And when people would send their plates downstairs to the dish room and nobody touched it, we ate off the plates. You take it, yeah. Well, it's so funny. When I first started working at a restaurant, so I was a full-time waiter my last two year, two and a half years of school to pay for it. And I, I remember being a waiter and bringing food back from that wasn't touched. And I'd, I'd, I'd talk to my boss. I'm like, hey, they didn't even touch this. Can I take this home? He's like, no, you can't take it home. I'm like, they didn't even touch it. He goes, no, you that's you can't do that. It's not. But I was in the mentality of, like, whatever I got to do to eat, like, there's three ravioli untouched. I'm taking these home. 
<laughs> He's like, no, it's you can't do that. And then this I realized you probably couldn't do that. reminds me of Seinfeld when they're getting bear claws out in the back of that donut shop. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, know, you don't know how rare this is. Yeah, <laughs> or George taking the eclair out of the trash. Yes. I was uh, That was me. I was ready to do it. Teresa's up next on the program. Hey, Teresa. Hi. Um, uh, a couple years ago, or several years ago, my daughter went to Valdosta State. She wanted to go to uh, a college as far away from us as she could, but as close to Panama City as she could get. So it is, she ended up at Valdosta State. And it, it never failed. Every week I got a call. I'm hungry, Mom. Can you uh, uh, call Pizza Hut? Pizza Hut down there will pay a call over the phone, a credit card, and send the pizza out. So it, every, every week I had two or three pizzas on my uh, uh, credit card bill, and then there was Chinese food. And, I mean, I was totally blown away that you could call. Yeah, ab- absolutely. One of the one of the uh, one of the things that I so when I was on my own, I, was, I had to figure out my food budget. And there was a place, Emiliano's. They did it was a five dollar pizza special, a f- large pizza for five bucks. Even in '96, that was a hell of a deal. It wasn't the best pizza, but I'm like, well, one of those a day will feed me. So I'm like, all right, five bucks food, five bucks a day, thirty five dollars a week. I'm covered for food. And there were times where I would have to eat that pizza and make it last two days. All right, we're coming back. Uh, food. Scarcity? What is it? Food insecurity. Food insecurity. Forty-five percent of college kids food insecure. Your thoughts on that? Did I tumble the? You uh, tumbled it. I'm yep. sorry. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. This is the Mark Aram Show. Forty-five percent of college students food insecure, according to a Temple University survey. Your thoughts on this story? Stephanie joins us on the program. Welcome to the show, Steph. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Yeah, I went to school. Uh, I won't say how many years ago. But I had a four-year-old in tow. I was a, a vet, and uh, our go-to food when <laughs> we were out of everything were hot dogs. I don't think my students like hot dogs to this day, but I think students today are a little more coddled. Uh, I don't think I think that's of part were... of it. I, again, I don't want to dismiss the fact that I oh, really no. do think there are kids out there that are legitimately hungry. Yeah. Hot dogs, though, that's interesting. So I went, Longoria, I went with pasta. It was, it was 39 cents a pound. You just put some butter and some garlic salt and some Parmesan on it, and you were fed. I, I never, I could never afford the protein in uh, in hot dogs. And I think that if any of these kids have iPhone, iPad, they can trade those in for something cheaper and eat. Someone, it's so funny. Someone on Twitter is like, "Well, what, what are they alcohol deprived though? Like, are they spending their money on booze instead?" That's of a food? good yeah. question. Yeah, that that might be part of it. For me, I was always food first, and it still is to this day, as you can tell by my uh, waistline. Paul's up next on the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Paul. Hey, uh, I work for a Farmers Association in East Point. We have offices in 12 states and grow millions of dollars of produce. Um, Georgia, uh, you were talking about college students, but I wanted to redirect the conversation a little bit to South Georgia. There are a lot of white people and and a lot of black people, and there's some refugees in Clarkston that get food stamps. Mm Mm-hmm. But but the food stamp program is not very good. It's not much money, and you um, you have to reapply every year. And uh, Paul, Paul, I'm short on time. Can you call back at like 8:07 so we can talk about this some more? Okay. All right. 8:07. 1-800-WSB-TALK. I do have a good food stamp scam that I'm going to tell you about from my college days as well. We're going to come back. 45% of kids in college. Food insecure. Your thoughts. 404-872-0750. This is the Mark Aram Show.
The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I want this town to be near you. Welcome back to the show to good Tuesday Eve to you. Mark Aram here, you there at 7.07, seven minutes after 7 o'clock. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. My whole family's back after the long weekend. Deborah Green produces the show. Andrew Longoria, the stoic Eskimo on the other side of the takeout window. Low T. Chuck screens your calls. Coming up on the show, we're going to celebrate National Burger Day with Johnny Kilbasa and Dan Tanis. i got to tell you about the bar mitzvah I went to this weekend, Longoria. Mm. Have you ever been to a bar mitzvah? I've never been to a bar mitzvah. You can live vicariously through my eyes from this weekend. I'll tell you okay. about that. But we're continuing to talk about the story that you heard first on Atlanta's Morning News this morning. Edgar Tregitz from the news team uh, joined us. Temple University, fine establishment. John Kincaid from 680 The Fan, friend of the show. He graduated there. Don't hold that against Temple, but it's a fine institution. I believe they kicked, um, they asked for Bill Cosby to give him his, uh, their degree back, right? Probably. I think Cosby should. went there. Well, I don't think they took his degree back, but they're like, they shied away from him. Anyway, Temple, fine university. Let me just leave it there. Um, they did a survey, a study that says 45% of college students are food insecure. Food insecure. Which to me, I, I, heard, I heard that this morning. I was like, give me a break. We were all food insecure in college. Unless you came from a wealthy family, you were... You were everyone starved in college, I, me included. I went months without eating food. Well, not food, but like real food, <laughs> like noodles. I had pasta every day because it was thirty nine cents a pound at Price Chopper, with a little butter and a little Parmesan cheese and garlic salt. That was dinner, lunch, yeah. and breakfast. Couldn't even afford an egg to put on top of it. Put an egg on it. Couldn't even do that. But then I started thinking that things are definitely more expensive now than they were back when I was in school. The tuition at my college has more than doubled. That has to be a factor into it. But I think, Chuck, you hit the nail on the head where I think another factor is this generation doesn't have the drive to get out there and be uh, and MacGyver themselves some food. Yeah. Like there, there had to be scams to do this. Speaking of scams, food, uh, food stamp scam. So where I grew up in uh, where I grew up, where I went to college in Poughkeepsie, I had a studio apartment, no stove. Like it was oh, this place. Basement, yeah. yeah, basement apartment, $330 a month. I mean, it was it was not good in a really bad neighborhood. And the bodega at the corner, corner store, um, had a food stamp scam where if you came in, I guess it's illegal to buy booze and cigarettes and stuff right. with food stamps, right. but they would do it at an, a jacked up rate. Sure. So say a pack of cigarettes was five bucks, they charge you $12 in food stamps for the, for the cigarettes or a six pack of beer was five bucks. They charge you $12 in food stamps. But in order to clear the inventory, the food inventory, to make it kosher with the government so that they couldn't tell they were doing this, you could get a steak sandwich there for $3. And when I say steak sandwich, they would take a T-bone out of the, free, out of the fridge, put like a big steak, fry it up, and, and put a whole T-bone on it. It was such a great, it was Muzzy's uh, grocery store, Muzzy's corner store or whatever. Are they still in business? No. no, no, no. <laughs> They're not now. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of which. oh, rem- just ripped them off. <laughs> remind me to talk about the uh, VHS store, Deb. VHS store. All right. So uh, your thoughts on this, and what was your go-to food, food source when you were short on money? What, what about you, Longoria? What ramen. You, ramen? Mm-hmm. See, I understand that, but 
a pound of spaghetti is just as cheap as the thing of ramen, and you get a pound of food. Yeah, I didn't know that. You just didn't get the seasoning. What about you, Chuck, in Montana? You and I were the exact same. I used to buy the boxes of spaghetti. It would be like 89 cents for a box or something. That and a little bit of Parmesan cheese. Yeah, that was it. That's the cheapest way to food. It's not healthy. No, (laughs) not no. But you'll feel full. What about you, Deb Green? Did you ever... Uh, so I would go to like the discount grocery store and you can get 10 cents or something off if you get the dented can. So we would deliberately yes. like throw the cans down and tent <laughs> them to get a couple. That. Yeah, and then I I'd have... split like a thing of green beans with somebody. Absolutely, I've done that. Good call. All right, back to the phones we go. Tom's in Canton, Georgia. Tom, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Yeah, thanks for having me. <clears throat> My pleasure, Tom. I was one of those creative guys. Uh, I was taking a three-quarter load, working part-time. And I guess you could say I kind of cheated. Done a little automotive repair work <clears throat> to supplement the bills. Worked uh, <clears throat> 12 hours a week as a cashier at the local supermarket. And I kind of appreciate you on that one. We'd like, like to have meat or vegetables. If they were like expiring tomorrow, they'd toss it out tonight. So I just call my buddies, hey, come by and pick it up on the loading dock. Yeah, in hindsight, and, I think I wish I had worked at a grocery store. or a ba- like, So when I worked in a bakery... We would, you know, this is in the summer months, but we, at the end of the day, we would throw out the, you know, we'd throw out the day old bread or the day old donuts and, and I would just take them home. And it was so bad. So when you, when you, uh, the, the lady that owned the bakery, she would like, people would come in and hire to bake birthday cakes and stuff like Longoria, uh, a birthday cake for Longoria. Right. And when you, when you make a birthday cake, you'll, you'll often have to cut the trimming, like the sides to make mm-hmm. it round or whatever to, and she would have bags of cake trimmings and i would i That'll would work. take those home i would i would i mean granted i was uh, under the influence <laughs> of other stuff but there's nothing better when you are under the influence and a whole bag of cake trimmings at at your yeah, service you can't beat that. for free yeah so that's my advice if you're if you are food food insecure insecure <laughs> get a job at a at a food place like you'll you'll probably be able to get free food at a food place whether it's a restaurant a bakery uh Supermarket, what have you. Jackson's in Kennesaw. Jackson, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Mark. What's going on, brother? How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I got a college survival story for you. Um, Just graduated from KSU a couple weeks ago. Congratulations. Uh, Oh, well, thank you. Well, before you get to the story, uh, as a KSU grad, a recent grad, do you believe that number? The KSU says 43% of their students are food insecure. Do you agree with that number? Uh, yes and no. I will say they have this, uh, like a can drive thing where students can drop off extra canned goods to where they can, uh, give them to, you know, underprivileged students. But I, I never went that route. I just decided to live off my minimum wage job, which at that point wasn't paying for much. And that leads into my story a little bit. Um, in the December of 2013, only six short years ago, um, when I first started college, uh, I found out that Jimmy John's gives away their day-after rolls for 50 cents. Wow. So, yeah, facts for the world. But uh, I don't, is that so a good I deal, think, though? How much is a loaf of bread? That doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Listen, here, I was having to walk. So the Jimmy John's on close to campus is yeah. about a quarter mile. So I would walk to Jimmy John's, buy about mm, three or four rolls. Two bucks. <laughs> yeah, precisely, if, if not less. <laughs> yes. And then... Uh, and then I'd have my buddy pick up what's called, you're familiar with Hamburger Helper, right? Oh, yeah. Can't afford the hamburger meat. Way too expensive. Yeah. They have what's called Tuna Helper. That can of tuna costs about 25 cents. Whole meal, around a buck fifty. 
So I would combine these 50-cent rolls with a $1.50 meal of uh, tuna helper, and that lasts me, you know, a couple bags of that and three or four rolls last me a week. I was so well be- into adulthood before I had hamburger helper with actual hamburger in it. Oh, I grew up on it. So I, I, I assumed that, you know, going to the store would be, it would be inexpensive, but yeah. I was like, wow, hamburger meat is Expensive. I'm gonna get this 25 can, 25 yeah, can tuna, of, uh, tuna. I mean, if you get and if Deb, if you do the Deb Green route and you you smash the can, you get it cheaper. But I talked yeah. about it uh, last week. Stove top stuffing, mm-hmm. stove top t- stuffing would go on sale, 69 cents a box. That's two meals. Just add water. I mean, what's 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 better than stove top stuffing, Longoria? It's fantastic. A hot neighbor still yells at me when we go grocery shopping because my impulse is to just look for things in a box that are under a dollar. Exactly. And it's amazing how much you can find of that yeah. in a grocery store. And yeah. she's like, why are you buying this? I'm like, I don't I have it for 20 years of yeah. my life. Like, this, I am the exact same. When, it, when it goes to grocery shopping, I've, I've branched out. It used to be the same way at restaurants yeah. where it would be like, all right, what's what's the best value here? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Now I'm I'm secure enough in my position in life, and I was thinking about this yesterday. I uh, went out to dinner with Maya, and I was looking at the menu. And 20 years ago, I would have been like, "Well, all right, I can't d- get anything on this side of the menu." Right. One of my favorite things of being financially secure is I'm never daunted by anything on the menu. Not not that I'm saying I order the most expensive thing. Sure, but like Lagoria does when I go out to dinner with him. <laughs> <Yeah. And> he, <laughs> what did you get that man. one time? The I got a steak. I got yeah. a filet mignon. But yeah. <laughs> like it's such a, a a relief to like for years you'd be like, all right, I I know I can't get anything from the steak side of the menu. Right. What do we have for the chicken sandwich? You know, like mm-hmm. you're lib- and it's so liberating to be like as an adult, like oh, I can afford any. Then I, not that I'm getting the surf and turf, but if I wanted to, I could do it. Sure. I still will, you know, get the chicken sandwich for seven bucks as opposed to the thirty-five dollars steak, unlike Longoria. <laughs> hey, I'm liberated. I can, I can get but it. But when I go grocery shopping, while I'm going to Publix, the the buy one get ones. Oh, even I'm, if I don't even need it, absolutely. Yeah, it's like wait, uh, Easy Max, buy one get one. Yeah. Boom! I'm gonna get that. Yeah, it's it's weird the things that stay with us through adulthood. Uh, Scott's in McDonough. Scott, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, hey, how are y'all doing? What's going on, brother? I just called about a couple of years ago. We went up to Athens to take our son to dinner and um, him and his buddies, and we decided to go to a Japanese steakhouse. Not and cheap. That's not cheap at all. Not cheap at all. And we waited almost two hours to get in, and all these college students are in front of us, you know, coming in. And, and when I was there in Athens, we didn't go there on a special date night or anything. Um, so I, you know, I think some of them are kind of coddled and are, are used to some of their, uh, ways and they're not, not trained in the ways you guys are talking about. One of the, one of the ways I used to MacGyver food, I don't, I don't know if I'm using that properly, but like if I knew someone in my dorm, let's say, or someone in my, in my house, if their parents were coming, like, Oh, my parents are coming Sunday. It's like mental note, hang out with Tim on Sunday because the parents are going to take them out to lunch. <laughs> yeah. And you knew which parents were the ones exactly. that were going to take you to the best places. Exactly. So my, my buddy Nick Rodriguez, who is now a New York City God, That's cop. the most normal name guy that you've ever had. Nicky Bones. <laughs> so he's he's now a New York City detective, and his par- he's Cuban. His parents were uh, st- still the best people in the world. They used to call me up. His mom used to call me up. <laughs> you know, back in the day when there's landlines. You know, I'd answer <laughs> where there's five of us in the house. The phone rings. Hello. Hello, Mark. Is Nicky home? And, you know... Nick was worse student than me. I'm like, oh, no, he, you know, he's out at some girl's house, whatever. No, he's at class. 
Mark, don't lie to me. <laughs> I'd be like, no, no, Mrs. Rodriguez, I promise. Yeah, we're, we're buckling down. We're buckling down. But anyway, they used to come up, and they would, they would go. They would take us out for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and in between, take grocery shopping. Oh, Yeah, it was bonanza. Uh, but there's one time my buddy Scratchy's dad came up, and it was a moral dilemma because he came up on Yom Kippur, the one day of the year I can't eat. Oh, no. And I tortured myself. And I went to the diner with them, and I didn't eat. I stuck to my religious guns Look as a you. starving I'm college. I'm surprised. Did you take yeah. it to go for the next day? No, oh. no. I just, <laughs> it's I, not against the, the rules, is it, to take something for the next day? No, but I don't want to be like, well, I'm not going to eat. I don't know. I don't, why, why I went to the diner, though, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's like torture. It was torture, added, yeah. yeah. But God, if you're listening, you remember that back in 93? <laughs> that one time. That one time where I didn't eat the cheeseburger deluxe I could have had for free. I resisted. Yes, that's getting me to the pearly gates. All right, we're going to come back. More of your calls. We got Russ in Gainesville. I want Russ to be on with Johnny Kielbasa again. That's going to be a thing. So, Russ, hang on. You'll be on in a little while. 404-872-0750. This is The Mark Arab Show. Welcome back to the show. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Don't forget Longoria. Get home, you can listen to the Mark Aram Show via Amazon Alexa or the WSB Radio app or WSBradio.com. Patrick's in Mayretta. Patrick, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. What's going on? Well, I had a little, I'm not sure if it's an illegal trick or not, but when I was in college about 15 plus years ago, money was tight like, like with most people. And I had a friend that, I guess his mom was a librarian, and she taught us a little code on the back of some of these textbooks. That all they had like the exact same code. So I would go in and buy the book. And then the next day, take the same book off the shelf and then go return it and get my money back and have the book for free. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's that's not legal. Yeah. And, I, and in, <laughs> in good faith, I, at the end of the semester, I'd return the book. I wasn't stealing the book, but I just, you know, I just didn't have any money and I had to do what I had to do. So that was one one way of skirting the system. My man. All right, well, I, I, wouldn't, I won't condone that for any. Yeah, any no. Look. Kids listening. Don't, don't follow in Patrick's footsteps. Kathleen's in Athens. Kathleen, welcome to the Mark Aram Show. Hey, Mark. Hello, I Kathleen. I just wanted to let you know your subject is a real passion of mine. Hungry people needing food. Yes. So I grew up hungry. I was not, a, what do you call it, a food? What, what, is, what, what is, is it? Food? Food, uh, food insecure? Food insecure. Insecure. I wasn't just food insecure. I was food deprived. So as I grew up, I went to UGA paid my way through college without any college loans. I worked three jobs, and, you know, all my friends were hungry, too. So, as a result, end of story, anybody who walks in my house, I will feed them. They take home extra food that I have left over. I will not let a person walk in my house without eating something or taking it home. That that was so, another. That's another way. You know, if you, if if you know someone at school that uh, whose parents live by, you know, like, hey, when are you going home to see your, your parents? Because you know, if you go home, you're going to get fed. And this is the truth. Yeah, that's the truth. Well, I I mean, I volunteer at a, a soup kitchen on Christmas Day every year for 30 years. I've done this with my family, and those are legitimate. You know, hungry people. They they are people that don't know where their next meal is coming from. So, I, yeah, absolutely. As much as you can, help people that feed the hungry. The question for tonight is, though, are these kids legitimately 
in trouble food-wise, or is it just a, a sign of the times that they're not out there doing what they got to do? 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. On Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. Back after this. Hi, everybody. This is John DeVinci, and you're listening to Mark Aram's show. It's one of the best. Welcome back to the show, 736, 24 in front of 8, 89 degrees on Peachtree Street. In case you're just joining us in 8 on the Mark Aram Back Sweat Meter. Programming note tomorrow, take note of this, Deb Green. Chuck and I are going to be playing Reverse Millennial Match Game. Very excited. Yeah, so, you know, Millennial Match Game we have every Wednesday at 6.08. It's reverse tomorrow. So how's this going to work, Deb? Chuck and I will be... In You're the place be the of the players. millennials, okay. Yeah. okay. It'll be the Gen Xers, yeah. right? Okay. And we are going to answer questions that millennials should know. Yes, we had some millennials around the building help us nice. get some audio. So it's me versus Chuck gonna tomorrow. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to be oh, very embarrassed so tomorrow. Uh, coming up in just a second, Johnny Kilbasa with a fast food review. Chris joins us on the program. Chris, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Doing good, doing good. Just uh, going to take you back to the, the late 80s. Uh, have you ever heard the term crazy as soup sandwich? No. <laughs> Do okay. I want to know? Well, uh, oodles and noodles. And I learned this from a trick, a trick from a friend back in high school. Uh, so you take the oodles and noodles and you, you make them. Then you drain them. You take the, the flavor packet, put it, put it in the thing and stir it all up. Mm-hmm. Then you put that on bread and make a sandwich out of it. You smush it down. You flatten it out. And what was it called? A soup sandwich? Yeah, this is soup sandwich. Crazy as a soup sandwich. <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I would I would eat that, but in pieces. Like, give me the, the oodles of noodles, which I forgot about, or even a thing, um, and then just eat the bread on the side. Here's another thing. Do you guys remember Steakums? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if they still make them, but when I could afford meat, I would buy a box of Steakums because they're cheaper than ground beef. Oh, yeah. And just nuke them and just eat, you know, naked Steakum strips. Delicious. I think Russ in Gainesville still eats those. Uh, Russ joins us on the program. Russ, come here a minute. I want to talk. What's going on, brother? Hey, buddy. I'm just in there with Corrali. Oh, keep keep sending yeah. me pictures of her. That's pr- that's pretty fantastic. Russ, uh, only fair play. I'm gonna have Johnny Kilbasa hijack your call. Johnny, what's up, buddy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I wanted both you guys to be on the phone while I talk about the bar mitzvah I went to on uh, on Saturday. So, uh, you know what a bar mitzvah is, Russ? Absolutely, yeah. All right. Um, just in case you're lying, uh, for the listeners that don't know, <laughs> when, a, when a Jewish man turns 13, he becomes, uh, in, in the Jewish faith, a man. Jews Nugget, um, I don't know why Maya asked me that. I guess because, you know, 6,000 years ago, middle age was 13. So they're like, <laughs> you know, right? I mean, I life expectancy. So. so at 13, you became a man. And I don't, I, I, I should know the real reason. But anyway... It's a bar I'm sure mitzvah. There are other reasons why they consider them a man. Yeah, I don't point, know. But... I, honestly, I sh- I'm I'm not very well versed in that. Someone 
listening will know and, and let me know about that. Anyway, it's a celebration. So you learn this portion of the Torah. You know what the Torah is, Russ? No. All right. It's kind of like the Jewish. It's like an addendum to the Bible. It's Jewish teachings, the Torah. Very sacred uh, s- scripture for, for Hebrews like myself. And what you do as a 13-year-old, you memorize this thing, this passage, the Haftorah. You get in front of the congregation, you do it, there's a ceremony, become a man, and then you have a little gathering after. Is it the same one all the time? Like you read the same one as your buddy no, read? No, it depends on the time of the year. Because you, oh. re- you read the Torah throughout the year, and it's wherever day you fall on, that's the thing. Uh. So like my Haftorah was really long. My cousin's bar mitzvah... On Saturday was kind of short. I was kind of mad. I was like, that little guy just... And can you read it, or do you have to memorize it? You you read it in Hebrew, but you have to sing it. Oh, okay. So it's so like... what's the memorization part? Well, because it's Hebrew. So oh, it's, I you. Know, you. I you don't have to... I mean, if you're fluent reading Hebrew, you can right. just read you it, just but read most it. kids okay. aren't. Gotcha. So, uh, like, I still remind... Right, yeah, I still remember piece, bits and pieces of it. Anyway, so we do this thing, and I had a nice bar mitzvah when I was 13, and we had a reception at the Torrington Country Club. It was very, very nice. Well, you might, you know, like a, a gathering. Yeah. You know, you have like a chicken piccata is your meal or whatever, and sweet tea and blah, blah, blah. But in, in New Jersey, where my cousin's from, it's his, his son. It was his bar mitzvah. It's a very Jewish, heavy Jewish neighborhood. Not unlike Gainesville, Georgia, Russ. Very, very okay. heavily populated. And they're very wealthy. These are very well-to-do people. And they kind of like, you don't want to have your son to have a worse bar mitzvah than his, his buddy. So there's kind of a one-upsmanship. This bar mitzvah, Johnny K, I should have taken you and Maya as a date because you would have appreciated it. So we, we go to the service, it's fine. It's in the morning. And then after, after that, usually they'll have like little snacks. They had this full bagel spread. Like lox and bagels and egg salad and tuna salad and whitefish salad and fruit and regular salads and cookies. It was an amazing spread. So I was in heaven. It was like Jewish food heaven. <laughs> right. But then they have the reception at night and they rented out this like sports uh, building where it's like an indoor basketball court and blah, blah, blah. So we go there and you walk in the entrance and everything's done up. I mean, it's a, it's a sports building, but they went... All out. My my cousin, the thirteen year old kid, big sports fan, so everything sports related. So you walk in, and the adults go to the the food section, and the other half is like the gym, and they've got four big screens set up with all these uh, PlayStation games or Xbox games, right, right, like basketball and baseball and football. Kids are running around; they're having a great time. Meanwhile, the adults open bar, premium stuff, Chuck, like McAllen, nice open bar. And they have, in the middle of the room, there's this big sushi spread, like all the sushi you can want. And then there's other, there's like an Italian station. Um, How much did this cost? I'm going to get to that. Italian station. um, uh, What other stations were there? A Mexican station, Longoria. Really? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Like all these different food stations. I'm blanking on what else was there. And then all these hors d'oeuvres getting passed around. Like any kind of fancy order if you want. And it was so funny, there was like some very observant Jews there, and they were passing around shrimp, which is not kosher. And this this Jewish lady's like, oh, I can't believe they're serving this. Like, she was all, oh, yeah. as I've got three shrimp in my mouth. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> what a shame. <laughs> so, like, an amazing spread. Like, just killer spread. Then we go to, like, they didn't have a sit-down dinner, but what they had was they had these food booths set up, like little mini restaurants. <laughs> food booths? Yeah. They had a Chinese like restaurant. A, <laughs> a Chinese restaurant. A diner. A Shake Shack booth, an Italian booth, insane. 
just gluttonous, blah, blah, blah. So I I said, there's like 300 people there, and I, I said north of $60,000 what they spent on this thing because um, they had DJs and dancers, and it was like just unbelievable. Um, but my parents said I was way too low. Really? Yeah, northern – they were like way more than that because northern New Jersey, everything's expensive. Sure. And blah, but it was just crazy how amazing this thing was. The food, Longoria. Did you have that much food at yours? No, no. It was, mine was like a little luncheon. <laughs> like that's normally what you're supposed to do. You know, you have a chicken cordon bleu or whatever. You normally and, uh, do at a funeral. You have a yeah, luncheon afterwards. exactly. It's like that's a little – I mean, it looked a little casual luncheon. Uh, but this thing was just – I mean – it was nicer than most weddings I've ever been to. Like, Jeez. I can't think of a wedding that was nicer than this bar mitzvah. It was insane. Not one? Well, mine. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, what mine, about yours? Mine was, mine was more <laughs> extravagant than that. But anyway, so there you go. There's my bar mitzvah experience. Um, Russ, you want to hang out through the fast food review? Yeah, absolutely. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of tricks I can tell you how to get free food, food for the college. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right, here's what I'm going to do. All right, hold on. Joining us live in the Greasy Salty Hotline, Parts Unknown, I don't know what, blah, blah, Johnny Cabasa. All right, here's what I'm going to do, Russ. I don't want you to, uh, I do want to know, because that's a good idea. How does Russ get free food? So I'm going to put you back on hold, Russ, and we'll get okay. back to you after the fast food review, all right? So Russ and Gainesville's back on hold. You don't have to. You can leave them there. No, no, no. I want I want an, un, it's, listen, by all means. it's National Hamburger Day. I want an unobstructed fast food review with Johnny Cabasa. What's on the menu tonight, my friend? Happy National Ham. Burger Day, Mark. When are we going to start putting ham back on our hamburger? That's what I've been trying to figure out since last National Hamburger Day. But since it's National Hamburger Day, I thought I'd do a little whip around and let you know what the fast food giants are offering for you on this special, special day. Fire away, brother. How about let's start over at Sonic. Sonic's giving you half-price cheeseburgers on Tuesday. And today's Tuesday from 5 to close. We'll head on over there for half-price cheeseburgers. Go on down the street to Steak and Shake. They got four meals with four items for four bucks. That's about as cheap as you can possibly get. Meanwhile, right next to them at Checkers, they got a two-for-four deal they got a two for five deal they got all sorts of two for stuff and so does mcdonald's you can go get yourself a two for five deal with a big mac and a quarter pounder and throw in a chicken mcnugget and chick for a chick-fil-a fish fillet for good measure and hey two wrongs don't make a right but three lefts will get you from the pink pony parking lot to the crystal on northwood hills and you could get 10 crystals for six bucks why not that's a deal i can't even do the math on that one and finally, <laughs> Burger King wants to pay off your student loans, Mark. If you go to Burger King and get their app and you make an order, tell them what you owe for your student loans, and you're entered for a chance to win up to $100,000. Wow. All right. Student no. loans from BK. Were, Johnny, when you were in college, wherever you uh, food, uh, what is the phrase? Food insecure. Were you ever food insecure in college? How did you survive eating food in college? I happened to work at a pizza joint, yes. so I never starved. You're smart. So I just gained weight. Smart much. guy. Here's something I didn't know today. In 1990, the hamburger was invented in New Haven, Connecticut. In 1990? Wow. I mean, in 1900. I was going to say, no, no, I'm like, 1990. 1900, I'm sorry. I got excited while the yeah, burger I, like, I ate burgers before 1900, the hamburger was created, uh, created by Lewis Lassen in New Haven, Connecticut. I never knew that, even being a Connecticut uh, native. I would have thought the hamburger would have been invented long before 1900, right? 
I'm pretty sure that they I brought question. it back from World War One, Mark, where the guys were coming back from Germany and they were at a place in the yeah, Hamburg, Germany. Well, 1900s there. before World War One, so this, this... Yeah, but they brought it from Germany and the guy right. didn't invent it. And no, I don't Jersey. know. I eh. listen. According to the AJC... That's <laughs> fake Lu- news. Google fake that. News. Lewis Lassen, uh, Dev. L-A-S-S-E-N. Lewis Lassen. All right. Uh, maybe hang, the American hamburger. Hang yeah, maybe on, Johnny. created the cheeseburger. Russ is going to give us I'm some time. I'm pretty ta- sure they figured out how to grill beef and put it between two pieces of bread a long time ago. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> not with a, Johnny on Not this. a steak. This is ground beef. Anyway, all right, Russ, we got about a minute and a half here. Russ's uh, tips to getting free food. What do you suggest, Russ? Well, this is. I'm sure Johnny knows this, but here's a way to get free food at Taco Bell. Go in there and order, you know, a Coke, something for a dollar. And take the receipt, go to the table, and you pull up something called Tell the Bell. Okay, I have an icon for it. So it's a little survey. It takes a couple of minutes. It asks you the store number, which you have to have off the receipt. Then you take it back up there, and it says on it also, it says, would you like to recognize one of our employees, good or bad? So look at the girl's name, you know, that you got the Coke from, and tell her, hey, Kelly, or whatever your name is, I put you on Tell the Bell. She'll what do you want? And they'll give you nachos, a milkshake. <laughs> All kinds of stuff like that. They don't even have milkshakes at Taco Bell. That's one. fantastic. That I don't condone yeah. that, Russ. That's a that's a neat, neat little scam. Um, but no, but, they do it. They they want you to take the survey so they give you free food. All right. What do you think about that, Johnny? Morally, what do you think? I think I think Russ is the Morally. luckiest guy alive. I mean, wherever he goes, women are fawning over him. They're giving him free tacos. I mean, I want to. I guess I need to be more like Russ, or I need to move to Gainesville. We need to swim in Russ's wake. I think is the the moral of the story. I had one fast food scam. I don't know if it still works, but it was KFC. They moved to segmented. So if you got the two piece chicken meal Longoria through the drive through, they had portioned off uh, dishes, and so they'd put the fried chicken in the big piece, and then you know the tray, and then your mashed potatoes and your coleslaw in the other. There was two slots for your side dishes. So you order, yeah, let me get the two-piece uh, breast and wing meal, mashed potato and slaw, blah, blah, blah. They give it to you, and then actually Buford came up with a scam. And because there's sections in there, they've already put the thing. When they give you the thing, they're like, oh, no, I wanted mashed potatoes and mac and cheese. And they're like, there's like they're not going to scoop out the coleslaw from the tray that they already put in there. So they'll just hand you a third side for free. Mm. Again, I don't, I don't <laughs> condone that. KFC is a fine organization. But... Uh, Good stuff. All right, Russ, tomorrow, uh, reverse millennial match game. Johnny Kielbasa, we appreciate you as always. And if the cholesterol is high, baby, so am I. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and listen to the Sausage Hut Podcast on any pod app or johnnykielbasa.com. All things on johnnykielbasa.com. Appreciate you, bruh. Anytime, bruh. Johnny Kielbasa and the Fast Food Review on National Hamburger Day. Where did we get burgers from today, Deb Green? Dantana's brought them by today. Yes, unexpected surprise. Yeah, Dantana's nice surprise. two locations, Buckhead around Lennox or downtown at CNN Center. Check out Dantana's. Coming right back on the Mark Aram Show. Final segment of the show. we got to be real quick. I'm so sorry. Mike's in Norcross. Michael, welcome to the program, buddy. What do you have? I have two words. Dollar store. Dollar store go food. To the dollar store with one with a dollar. You can get canned goods. You can get all kinds of stuff there. Uh, most fast food restaurants have a dollar menu. Um, I, I'm not making light of the food sure, sure. There's there's ways. There's, you got to be creative. I think is what you're trying to say. Dollar store. Good suggestion. Scott in Woodstock. Scott, uh, real quick. What do you have, buddy? I know Georgia a Catholic Church. There, they always have a meal after mass, and then they let them go into the food pantry. But a lot of the schools, they also have a food pantry too. So. 
you know, a lot of kids can take advantage of that. I know yeah. my kids have. So. Good stuff. Thank you, Scott. Let's do Star of the Show, Longoria. And now, are you guys ready for the Mark Aram Star of the Show? Um, Mia from the Digital Desk gets Star of the Show. I don't know why. Mia gets it. You guys okay with that? Everyone's she did right. take all those photos. She for took all social. the photos of the burgers. Uh, reverse Millennial Match Game tomorrow. Reverse Millennial Match Game tomorrow at 6.08 p.m. Uh, we'll continue the conversation on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Aram. Facebook, Mark Aram WSB. In the meantime, go to sleep, little baby. Go to sleep, you little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the all-sweet Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.